It's Monday, June 5th. This is Accelerate Daily. Today, we've got Apple's headset announcement and where it intersects with AI. The U.S. Congressional Bill to Mandate Disclosure of AI-Generated Content and a study showing that people are more likely to take the advice of AI over other humans. Also, some examples of how you can use your newfound power of summarization. You've been tuning in for our prompt workshop segments. Get your hand away from that abort button. It's time for Accelerate Daily. And liftoff. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam. My name is Mackenzie. Good morning. We're back with three headlines and one how-to to keep you caught up on what's happening in AI today. What are we looking at for today's image of the day? <laughs> the wrong kind of dogfight. <laughs> <laughs> the Reddit post says, wasn't the dogfight I was looking for, but I think this is better. And the prompt is, quote, epic oil painting, dramatic, modern Air Force dogfight. I think this might have been different if they had made dogfight all one word in that prompt. But yeah. that tiny little change was enough to cause the AI to generate a picture that is, is you really just, you have to see it, so follow the links. <laughs> it's like dogs lounging around on biplanes, flying, like there is a dogfight happening, and then there's just dogs all throughout the artwork piece. It's like, <laughs> In addition it's real, to the... <laughs> it's got a real three-wolf moon yeah. kind of vibe to it. The, the first one that came out, there's just like a gigantic plane-sized like wolf jumping out of hell, <laughs> ready to uh, participate in war activities. <laughs> and then there was one of the comments that said, I, I, I was inspired to look up a dog copter. And these are all like strange drone things that carry your dog around. <laughs> no way. Anyway, before we jump into today's topic, a reminder to like and subscribe wherever you're watching slash listening. Throw in a comment, write a review. These all really help us find the right audience in the algorithms so we can keep answering the questions that the community has already been bringing to the table through various feeds um, so we can make this a show that really serves the people that, that we found who are interested in chasing this on a daily basis. Yes, sir. Okay, let's jump into the topics. From Forbes, Apple Reality Pro VR headset. New leak reveals unprecedented detail. The reality here is this is just all the details that I feel like a lot of people have already You've probably bumped into if you're on the internet (laughs) these days. Uh, The keynote is happening as we speak. So we don't know what's materialized as of this recording for the people listening to the podcast. But these leaks have been pretty reliable. I think it's a pretty standard part of their PR strategy to leak a little bit in the days before to particular people. Think of it what you will. It's one of the largest hardware manufacturers in the country dropping a new product line for the first time in a decade that is focused on, you know, a particularly hype. Novel interface. Uh, Novel interface, yeah. Much better way to say it. The previous hype cycle. I think what makes this interesting is like the hype beast types on the internet have moved on to AI at this point. And so I think it's easy to look at this VR thing and go, or AR thing or, you know, whatever. Like you said, extended reality. Extended reality. This, this novel interface and say, oh, they missed the boat on that hype cycle. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> That's not what this is at all. What I saw from the leak was something that I'm really excited about, which is like turning my living room into a computer interface. They said that they would, they would allow me to physically place apps inside of my house. Like I could put, right. I could put like VS code on my coffee table and sit on my couch yeah. to code. So the reality of this topic is we'll probably be covering it throughout the week. We're going to have Ramsey on at some point to talk 
really to really get in the weeds for a full episode in the space of just like what it means to have artificial realities placed on top of your world. But there's like topics to hit on the way. So the so the quick thing is to say this is AI to the extent that the way that it can perceive the world is solved. Like we got to where we are with ML and AI because we had to solve problems like this. Facebook is doing machine learning work in order to come up with an algorithm that can use four cameras to make a Quest 2, Quest 3 work. And so this is AI just in an ongoing deployment to observe the world around you and react to it. It's how this stuff is working. So this is AI. It's kind of my broader point. Not to mention the increased accessibility to AI via these apps. Right. Then the, po- the point I like to make past that, though, is it's, it's easy to bump in. I think you, you, I bump into a lot of people that say, ah, the metaverse has sailed, right? Or uh, nobody will ever put that on their face. And I think that misses a gap between like the haves and have nots in a certain space. That is, look, this Apple one is expensive. It's also not that expensive if you think about it the right way, but also it'll get cheaper. The idea of infinite monitor space is a thing that eventually just crushes any version of a real-world screen you can possibly have. Because they got to ship so much more OLED panel to give me this tiny two 27-inch monitors that I'm looking at right now. Like, that two-purchase got me up to half the price of this headset anyway. Like, so so there's a really... Never mind, does the metaverse work and all this virtual stuff that Mark Zuckerberg was talking about? If this can be better than a computer monitor on your desk, right? Imagine you're in an office cubicle. Like, how many monitors can you fit in that space relative to things you would like to have next to one another in order to do your job? I think that's where this ends up. Not to mention the multimodality. Like, we're all getting a Jarvis here. Right, right. So that's where it gets to AI, which I think maybe we'll save for tomorrow. Okay. I got one more on this, which is the form factor. You can't predict that. If 10 years ago, I told you that 20-year-old women would never go outside because they're busy laying in bed looking at like a 30-ounce rectangle for 18 hours a day, you would have been like, you're out to lunch. That's never going to be the world that we live in. And <laughs> I'll <yet>. point out, <laughs> in Star Trek The Next Generation, though, as like business to give them something to do, they were constantly carrying iPads from one room to another. <laughs> um, but yeah. Look, the, the, and, and I think there's an argument like this is going to be the ugliest thing ever and nobody's actually going to wear this. Let's not spend enough time hanging out at ski resorts. It's possible to look really cool with goggles on your face. Nobody looks at a snowboarder and goes, oh, all those goggles. So I think that argument falls flat as well. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what they drop and we'll be talking about it. Next up, from Axios, we got their scoop that dropped Saturday. House Democrats' bill would mandate AI disclosure. Yeah, this one is specifically a uh, Representative Richie Torres, Democrat from New York, has introduced a bill that would mandate flagging AI-generated content. I actually, in this case, because I could share it, hold up the text of the bill. It's only two pages, which could be good or bad. It's worth saying, hey, as a baseline thing, while we figure this out, we need to label everything. But if everything ends up labeled, it ends up meaningless. And this bill does not cover like what percentage of whatever. They just say the FTC needs to figure it out, which is okay. It's a thing that Congress can do. 
in the US. But also, you sure hope it doesn't turn out like those cookie notifications that are just ruin the internet right now. Like, is the lower little corner of every image going to have to say produced with AI? Because at some point, that means every single ad you see is going to be it's going to have this little thing in the corner. And is it AI if if the the heading, the subhead, and the description were dynamically recombinated from the five hundred options inside of Google's ad algorithm, which is already running? It just gets really complicated really fast. Which is this is a good example. Of yeah, why legislation is hard. Even <laughs> even like search has that issue. Like search is is recombinated yeah. with ML search ads so is every like is it going to say like ad slash ai right like what's the plan here and then the other thing which is pointed out in the axios article is like how do you what happens if like a human is like editing and interpolating ai output do you are you like quoting gpt4 right do you like identify this sentence or this paragraph was pulled from gpt4 and then continue on with your article like nothing happened or you just say all of it was or none of it was because i put it together Right, because I I used my research assistant. Yeah, yeah. Like, which is the funny part of this. It's one of those things where in the current system, you age, like you graduate to a point where you have research assistants and you have people that help you write your article. It doesn't mean you don't get the authorship. A bunch of, I mean, they get paid, but like the research assistants that help a professor write a book, maybe get a thank you in the intro. <laughs> like, anyway. What I will point out is when you start seeing short laws like this, that's somebody's effort to say, like, we've got to ram something through that everyone won't fight about just to get the ball rolling on certain things happening. He did specifically say he expects it to be a part of yet another omnibus. Yeah, it'll get, you know, it'll get wrapped into some other things. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Which the interesting thing about these tags makes it a good transition to our last article for today. One from SciPost.org is a summary of a study. It says that people are more likely to conform to artificial intelligence in objective tasks, study reveals. So the study meticulously ran a test to see if people would pick the human advice over the AI advice in a scenario. And they overwhelmingly picked the AI advice. The scenario in question was having seven seconds to count between 138 to 288 dots, which shows a bias towards expecting computer systems to be excellent at accounting or calculation tasks. So if you're, if you're hanging around on our channel, you should be able to find, I'll link to it. We have another podcast called Cognitive Bias. We did a season of where Ramsey and I literally just talk about a different cognitive bias every week for, for a while, uh, for a season. We have one called automation bias. Like this is actually a known bias already. They're just applying a, a test for it to AI, which is we already kind of have a bias that has emerged in modern industrial times. But even before that, humans trust a machine. Once what like we understand how a machine works, how rigid the you know sort of failure states can be with that kind of thing, and then we actually have a bias toward trusting them over other humans once they work well enough to trigger that, that bias. So it might not even matter that all the images say produced by AI on them. Like your brain might just go, yeah, okay, good. My preferred state, thank you. Well, there was a counterexample in this article too, which about images, they showed an AI-generated caption and a human-generated caption. That's a lie. They were both AI-generated and one of them was labeled human. And so there was an overwhelming bias for the human-labeled 
caption to be considered more true. Even though when asked to like directly compare each one on truthfulness, they said they're about equally true. They just naturally pick the human one. Right. And so that gets to like, that's, that's why I say across a certain point, and it's interesting, this is why it's fun to be in the space where we are, where you're seeing it happen, and who knows how it's going to play out exactly. But a bill like this that forces you to label it might actually cause that normalization to happen faster. Because you'll start to see it all the time, and it'll be going, eh, that's pretty good, though. That's eh, pretty good, though. And eventually start thinking about the AI, like your friend who has better answers for the thing, which then you're applying the same sort of, uh, like a different bias, like an authority bias. Mm-hmm. But you're also programmed to pick, you know. I'm expecting it to be yet another thing I feel lonely about when I'm at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to uh, this week's prompt workshop. This is a continuation of the last couple episodes, which we should summarize quickly, uh, where we've been talking about how to use AI to do summaries of things. Uh, we started off just by making the point that it's really good at summaries of things. For all of the chat GPTs bad at this, like I, I refer to it as a type of porn. There's a type of AI's bad at X thing, porn, right now. And I call it that because it's, cl- it's good clickbait. People want AI to be bad at stuff that scares them right now. Something it is for sure good at is summarizing a load of context that you give it. Uh, and then the second one, we broke down sort of specifically how that works, looking at its flow through c- complex AI systems, because you kind of have to multi-chunk it. Yeah. So this comes from the other superpower that GPT systems have, which is interpolation. You're able to take a summary and rewrite it into a new format for use in other computer systems. So some of the stuff I listed, newsletters, show notes, summarizing readings, call notes. You know, there are emerging apps. And I know uh, GPT Boss, I think, has some functions. It can help you with taking a transcript from a service that would record your sales calls and then turning that transcript into helpful downstream notes without having to re-listen to it while you take notes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or needing to have someone on the call whose job it is to take notes, both ways of solving that problem that I've seen. The readings part is super interesting because that's what gets us the stories we cover, like GPT saving my ass in class kind of thing. Because... Like, and I want to take it again away from the space of like, oh, you're cheating, right? Sure, there's a way to haphazardly potentially use this to ingest the work you're supposed to do for school and then not do what the exercise is supposed to be. At the same time, it's also possible to read a thing multiple times and still not understand it on the level that the professor is hoping for you to reach. And that's their job, right? At some point you show up and then you go, I think it's this. And they go, no, you're wrong. It's this. But like, this is just another tool to maybe help you get there in that context of, I have read this three times and I don't understand what they're saying. Still. Another failure mode that I experienced in school was knowing too much. In grade nine science, I got a quiz question wrong. I lost my 100% because it asked me how many states of matter there were. And by grade nine, you're supposed to know about three, but there are four plasma. And so it solves this case in a lot of other places too. If you are very passionate about the subject that you're studying and you know a lot about it, you still need to progress through a certain syllabus. And this can help you not waste a bunch of time feeling like you're in literally 1984. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I failed my driving test the first time, the written portion, because I st- like thought about it too philosophically. 
Like there are a few questions that are just a right or wrong answer and you need to memorize it out of the handbook, even though the actual ethical answer is, you know. Subjective at best. <laughs> subjective at, yeah, at best, exactly. <laughs> anyway, the main point as a way to cap the workshop before we move on to something new tomorrow is interpolation. Uh, the idea that then you can say, okay, if this is the thing that used to come from an interaction or a brainstorm or whatever, and you have a big corpus of text of you just talking about it like a meeting or something, you can interpolate and distill that into forms that that it's going to know. You can say podcast transcript or yeah. not podcast You know, you could, you could, you could, shit, you could say Socratic dialogue and it would probably, a platonic dialogue and it would probably work, right? Make up some people and they would question one another. <laughs> I was thinking of a silly one, which is like rewrite this conversation to be between Obama and Dan Kennedy, the copywriter. Yeah, like all of that is possible too, and then you could <laughs> like between Marcellus Wallace and <laughs> uh, what was and, John Travolta's character's Butch. name? <laughs> Butch. That's um, uh, that's that's, that's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marcellus Wallace and Butch read my show notes. Uh, That'd be just awesome. As like, a Quentin like, Tarantino, conver- yeah, you know, yeah. dialogue. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. That would be really good for like Pit Vipers. Pit Vipers hit me up. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Anyway. Okay, that's Accelerate Daily for today. Like I said at the top, if you got something out of this, like, subscribe, even write a review. Those metrics really help us know how to improve. Uh, but also they help us get found in the algorithm so we can start to continue to pull into people that, uh, that this kind of conversation can be helpful for. People building in the AI space and make their way through this crazy ass. I, I say often, as a marketer in the space, when people ask me how the new job is, I say, uh, it's a heck of a thing to have jumped over into the biggest hype cycle that has ever happened <laughs> in humanity. But there are as many questions as solutions. So that's why we're here every day. Uh, yeah, and if you can make the schedule work, jump into the live stream where we watch the chat. Subscribe on YouTube. That'll get you the notification when it goes live. But we're not leaving the recordings up anymore. So if you miss the live stream, then you miss chance to watch me uh, screw it up and doing second takes of things. Yeah, if you guys are listening on the podcast, I make a lot of really funny jokes that there's a corporate mandate to cut out. <laughs> so please yeah, attend the live unfortunately, stream. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's across the board. <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit of spice in your life, hit us up on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Adam. I've been Mackenzie. Thank you for listening. This is Accelerate Daily. Accelerate Daily.